This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh my golly! We made it to the end of the week. Yay! Laurie and Julia's show, My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Thank you for joining us. We'll make it a good Friday for you. A lot of you. Had the day off today as we observe Veterans Day since it falls on a Saturday, so we observe it on a Friday. I wonder how many people, because banks were open today. Yeah, our credit union wasn't open today. Oh, there you My go. mom was going up to the cemetery to put uh, at her husband's, uh, at the Veterans Cemetery outside of Tacoma. To put flowers on his, yes. on his grave. Nice. Yes. And, uh, no mail, you know, that no sort of mail, thing. No mail, yeah, that kind of thing. Oh, that's why the mail didn't come today. Oh, mm-hmm. I okay. Nope. Yep. Click click click. <laughs> blonde blonde blonde. How okay, was so I, so Cirque du Soleil has this new um, show, and it's um, the first time it's been in the Twin Cities, and it's um, the acrobatic show that we're used to from Cirque du Soleil on I with ice. Yes. So there's professional ice skaters and there's professional acrobatic people, and how they blend together. Aerialists, remember? Aerialists. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Was it? It was so lovely. It really was. And the music was great. And um, they played the Sia song, Chandelier. And someone did a lovely Did you see our girl that we talked to the other day who spins all the way down? Yes. And she was was so pretty. So they had three different girls dressed as Crystal. Some would skate. Some would do this. Some would do that because it was part of the storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Kid-friendly. Very. Very. It was oh. so fun. Oh, it was just fun to see something How was the different. New Target Center. Well, there's no bar there. What? Herbert's what? is no longer there. Okay. And all the bars are members only. Oh. What? Yeah. So don't expect to get a drink if you go to the Target Center. That's weird. I mean, you can get the concession drinks, but there's nowhere to sit before a show. So we went over to Cosmo over at the Lowe's. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really weird. Yeah, because I ran into some people who were expecting. I think it's really weird. Well, maybe it kind of bothers me. Well, were that I don't know, but they have be. the Lexus area, but that's a club, and there's all these clubs. I mean, it's so that was kind of disturbing a little bit right. that you can't just get a drink there and yeah. sit down before the game. So just a heads up to people right. on that. But they've got five more performances, and like tomorrow, three thirty, and then seven thirty, and tonight, it's it's so f- worth it. Okay, good. I really just. Enjoyable night. I did because it was something different. Did your friend like it? Loved it, and we were oh, we had the best seats. Oh my god! So you didn't get neck ache? They didn't get a neck ache, Lori, because it was more on ice and um, but dress warm. Because if you sit close, the ice is cold. Right, right. Well, uh, we got a uh, Ellen tweeted a photo of a bed at the Hewing Hotel in Minneapolis North Loop, and on the plaid comforter were. Flower petals arranged in a heart. And she said, uh, special thanks to Emily Lucci at the Hewing Hotel in Minneapolis for helping me surprise uh, uh, Portia. She went above and beyond. And Emily is the hotel's director of operations. Okay. 
And do you know where that is, the Hewing Hotel? I stayed there. And did you like it? It's in the Jackson yeah. Building. It yeah. opened last year. Yeah, it's it's. So all the hotel would confirm was that yes, Portia stayed at the hotel earlier this week. Ellen was not there with her. Okay. No additional details. She did also stop uh, Portia. I don't know what Portia Durasi was doing in town, but she stopped in yesterday at the vegan butcher shop, the herbivore. Oh yeah, butcher. yeah, yeah. That guy was on our manual team yes. one year, and she of course is a vegan. She's probably in here to do something with Evolve. Oh. Right? You know, the um, Home Shopping Network. Okay. So maybe she's doing something with that. Maybe. That's the only um, thing I could think of. Some of or Ellen's... some HGD type thing, because there's a lot of HG production people here. Well, for... Ellen was oh in garden. town last month to launch this thing with General Mills. Oh, for crying out loud. And so... some of Ellen's fans were confused by the hotel bed photo and wanted to know why she had a bed covered with a heart made out of potato chips. That's what it looked like, and, Lori. And That's she what said, it looked like. Ellen responded, they're her. rose petals, not potato chips. I only cover her bed in potato chips on our anniversary. Because <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> it does look like they're potato chips. Because yes. I think people are surprised to see her tweet out a plaid. Um you know, comforter. Yeah. That the hotel's nice. Uh, the check-in is interesting because you check in right in the middle of everybody. And I think I found that uncomfortable. Yeah. And the person that I was with didn't have um, an ID that matched your credit card. Cause they're so strict about that these yeah. days. Like so strict. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, remember when the, um, the graves first open and the check-in was up on the second floor, not uh-huh. on the first floor. And people would just wander around like, where the heck is the check-in? Right. Now they've moved it down. down to the first floor. It's yeah. To the hotel. And then, um, you know, Polly had mentioned this yesterday that John Hillerman from, who was played Higgins on Magnum P.I. Loved him. Died at the age of 84. He got four Emmy nominations for portraying Higgins, finally won in 87 he died at home in Houston, but I forgot he was in like Blazing Saddles. Oh, and yeah. What else was he in? He was in yeah. Chinatown. Oh, yeah. He played the deputy of the water department. And of course, if you remember the movie Chinatown, it's this big water scam. Yeah. yeah, with Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And he Faye was, Dunaway. Yes. He was in High Plains Drifter, and he was in another Mel Brooks uh Film History of the World Part 1, and he was in a very Brady sequel, Julia. A very Brady sequel, which I never saw. And he was Bonnie Franklin's crusty boss, Mr. Connors, at the PR firm, if you remember, one day at a time. Who doesn't so. remember? He always played the same kind of character. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. But uh, he was so great. <laughs> as, I loved as, him on Megan, Magnum P.I. I oh, loved He was such that a fastidious show. little yes. estate yes. caretaker. I loved that show because it was just looking at Hawaii landscaping and right at the Waikiki Yacht Club where yeah. he'd park his car and yeah. oh, oh, I know, loved that. I saw him once in Hawaii. Yeah, who wouldn't chase Tom Selleck if oh. you're in Hawaii? Now we can watch him on Blue Bloods, which is like my mom's favorite. It show. is her favorite show on Friday. I think nights. it's everybody who's sixty-five plus. They <laughs> love Blue Bloods. A good Friday night and program. Hawaii 5 And Hawaii yeah. Five O. She does. Those are her Friday <laughs> night programs. What are you talking about? If you need something to just that is so sweet and it really will choke you up, um, we posted this um, Procter and Gamble commercial, which they've put out ahead of the Winter Olympics. It's uh, preaching love over bias. And what song is it set to again? Ooh, Child. Yes. By the Five Stair Steps. Oh, it's so good. It's no, so it's, sweet. No, it's to Someday. Hmm? I it's, thought it was to Ooh, Child. No, Things can only get... That is the song. Oh, okay. Yeah, Donnie knows the name. Okay, Someday.
Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to take a look at it. I, okay. I, I, you cannot not cry, but it is the sweetest ad. And I love that Procter & Gamble did that because... You know, the last time the Winter Olympics, they were in Russia. Oh, there was, was a lot a of scandal, homophobic stuff going on. No and just, snow, no it, hotels. It, it was, was just, horrible. Yeah. So anyway, take a look at it. We posted it on the LoJ page. And when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Oh, I'm sorry. Real quickly, correction. There was mail today. I'm wrong about that. Tomorrow, no there mail. is no mail. Tomorrow. All right. All right. So they're celebrating it on the real day. Yes, the real they day. are. That's right. the federal day. Yep. All right. Listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. The Procter & Gamble. Yes, the love over bias. Yeah. It's for the Winter Olympics ad, preaching love over bias, and it's set to the song, and it's so good. Yeah, it really just is it's a great sweet. ad. And um, so yesterday, you know, with uh, the New York Times uh, story um, or the New York Magazine, Louis C.K. is done. Um, so many people yesterday were backing away from him. HBO doesn't know him. They canceled this special. FX doesn't know him. Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu. FX is taking it under advisement. Yeah, and Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu might not know him. No one wants the movie, I Love You, Daddy. And um, uh, Everything this, fell apart. Everything fell 24 apart. 24 hours. And this afternoon, Louis C.K. Um, um, sent out a press release and he addressed the five claims and here's how he starts it. I want to address the stories told to the New York Times by five women named Abby, Rebecca, Dana, Julia, who felt able to name themselves and one who did not. These stories are true. This is so rare. uh, It's completely unusual. I mean, we never have this. He goes on to say, at the time I said to myself that what I did was okay and what he did was he would ask women if... Sometimes, if I do, you mind if I just pull down my pants and right. whack off? Right. And um, he said, I, I, at the time, I said to myself, what I did was okay because I never showed a woman my bleep without asking first, which is also true. But what I learned later in life, too late, is that when you have the power over another person, asking them to look at your blank isn't a question, it's a predicament for them. So true. The power I had over these women is that they admired me and I yielded that power irresponsibly. Um, I've been remorseful of my actions, I've tried to learn from them and run from them. There's nothing about this that I forgive myself for and I have to reconcile it with who I am, which is nothing compared to the task I left these women with. And, um, he goes on to say, you know, I've brought hardship and anguish to the people at FX, the people who took a chance on my movie, every other entity um, that's bet on me. Then he names all of the projects that he's involved with in production, the cast and crew of Better Things, Baskets, The Cops, One Mississippi. I've brought pain to my family, my friends, my children, and their mother. Um, uh, I've spent my long and lucky career talking and saying anything I want. I will now step back and take a long time to listen. Thank you for reading. This is so rare, like you said, and unusual for someone to just come out and say, yep, I did it. But what it does, the silence around it that people knew for so long about him. The one woman in the New York magazine, the New York Times magazine said that when she told um, somebody about what Louis C.K. did to her, inviting her back to the dressing right. room. Um, and she was going to tweet about it and she was going to, you know, get out loud about it. And and she was basically told um, by someone that, I don't know if it was her manager, listen, if you do that, this is going to impact people booking you at comedy clubs. Right. 
So just so, like the agency. So you've got a choice here. Yeah, you've got, got a, a choice. choice. Here. Either you want a career or you want to blow him out of the water. Yeah. It's like it was never, of course you're going to do this. Of course we're going to do this. And I'll stand behind you. It was never that. Yeah. And um, it just. Well, what good is that going to do so you? So many people knew about Louis C.K. and Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey. It's just the culture of silence and the big people that were involved and keeping it all quiet. What what were these agents doing? Well, the thing is, Louis C.K. had all the power. So did Harvey Weinstein. So did Kevin Kevin Spacey. Spacey, When people have all the power and you're working. But what what happened to people just doing the right thing? If you're the talent manager, the agent, and people are saying this to you over and over and over. I think it would be interesting to have someone from an agency... Or PR firm talking about, I mean, because we haven't heard any of their voices. They just no. sound like they do whatever it is to make a buck. I was just going to say that, Julia. Yep, they, they put just, their income over the... They have never, yeah. the, you, we have not heard from any of those people saying, I was appalled by it. I participated in this. Because again, no, I, I, know. I served the man, as yeah. so to speak. Well, uh, Terry Crews and uh, someone else, I can't think of who it is, they fired their... Um, uh, PR no, not their to, PR, management? their agency. Yep. Like, I don't know if they were with CAA because right, or uh, Terry, UA. Maybe that's who it was. It was. They fired them because uh, Terry Crews and this other person had gone and said, you know, said, and they were advised by their agents to not say anything. So right. they have parted ways. Um, yesterday, Jenny McCarthy on her Sirius Satellite Show t- shared her story of sexual harassment and the threat that Steven Seagal made against her mm-hmm. and Portia de Rossi had also a similar story about Steven, Steven Seagal. Seagal and Julianne Moore mm-hmm. also had another yes. story about him you've got to show me your get naked to see if we have chemistry and right. she's like agent said this wasn't a nudie yet I didn't have to be naked and he's like well we need to find out and she just said Buy my Playboy DVD for yeah. twenty nine ninety nine oh and left. God. Well, that was Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought that was bold. Yeah. yeah. So and then you know uh, the other couple days ago, you know the story about Charlie Sheen supposedly raping Corey Haim, the young actor who is no longer with us, and um, you know Corey Feldman is going back on Doctor Oz to reveal more abuse uh, situations, and Sean Astin backed Corey Feldman. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP Podcast. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Men's sexual assault claims, and of course they were in Goonies together. Right. But Corey Haim's mother has claimed that 
her, she was very close to her son, and she said he was not raped on the set of uh, the the movie Lucas by Charlie Sheen, but was molested by someone from the film industry. Dominic um, Brasca. Yeah, actor Dominic Brasca. And Dominic Brasca is the one who sourced in the a National Choir thing saying Corey Haim was raped by, by Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Wow. Yep. And that just came out today on Dr. Oz because Judy, oh. um, Corey Haim's mom, it was on and she said, I'm going to tell you who it was. It was Dominic Brasca. So the guy that goes to the Inquirer supposedly and reports that it was Charlie to go Sheen. On the record. Right. Is the guy that did it. Mm. So anyway. Unbelievable. And yeah, this uh, Allie Raceman, the Olympic, our Olympic gold medalist from Rio, she has accused this U.S. national gymnastics team former doctor of sexual abuse, joining more than 130 other girls and young women who have said that this doctor. Yes, that sexually assaulted them. And the Allie Raceman interview is going to air on 60 minutes this sunday and cbs news did a release previewing the episode and um this nassar is now in jail and he worked for the u.s women's national gymnastics Mm -hmm. team for For more than 20 years oh my! i think 60 minutes did a a piece on the on him a a while ago when Mm -hmm. the first allegations came out that he was doing this to yes uh, yes um and and so anyway she's just uh very angry and frustrated with the U.S. gymnastics program and why that went on because it was it was whispered about and talked right. about and it, you know it just it just she was first treated by him when she was fifteen yeah, yeah. and she has a new book out actually called Fierce it's the mm-hmm. story of you know getting behind it but um wow you know and then you have the guy in Alabama who's running for senator this Roy Moore who's the wackadoodle with the gun and was thrown off he couldn't be a judge he was removed from the uh, judgeship twice right now four women have come out and said when he was in his 30s and a legislate legislator right. he was having sexual relationships with 14 a 14 and 16 and i think two 18 year olds and and his, but his base is standing behind him, Larry. Oh, the whiter the lace, the blacker the leather. It makes me crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, we have we oh. have exciting things coming up. Like a show might be happening, Lori. Oh, I know. I'm very excited. So excited. We'll be right back. My talk 107.1. Everything. Four R's, my friend. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rihanna. Entertainment. Here, uh, guys, earlier in the hour when you were talking about that really cool uh, Winter Olympics uh, PSA that preaches love. It's not a PSA. It's a Procter & Gamble ad. Oh, Procter & Gamble mm-hmm. ad. I'm sorry. It preaches love over over, over bias. Uh, there's an African-American alpine skier. Yes. Yes. She is from Golden Valley. She oh, you're kidding. Yes, I got a call. She, her name is Lauren Samuels. She skied for the University of Utah. She grew up in Golden Valley. And uh, the caller said they used her because, if this is true, she is the only... Only African American alpine skier in North America. I've wow. never seen one in the Olympics before. To no, be honest. It is, it's really a yes. powerful. It's, it's yeah. such a great ad. It will make you cry and make you smile at All the right. same time. That's really cool. I'm glad yeah, you're calling. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Um, 
Before we get to Lisa Bloom, the attorney who stopped by The View, uh, the news we've been waiting for, Julia, TV Line is reporting and Variety is confirming that HBO plans to start Big Little Lies Season 2 production next spring. Here's what The Hollywood Reporter is also saying, that all that stands in the way of Season 2 is they need to find a new director for the series because... uh, Jean-Marc Vallée, who, Vallée, who directed yes. Wild and Dallas Buyers Club in the first season of Big right. Little Lies, he does not want to do it. Oh, David did? E. Kelly will write the screenplay like he did for the first okay. one or so the Leanne script. So Leanne Moriarty already came up with another scenario for them. Yes. Okay. And uh, Jean-Marc Vallée uh, recently wrapped another high-profile HBO limited series adaptation of Gillian Flynn's book, Sharp Objects. My starring- favorite... Amy Adams. My favorite one. That was her very first book. Book. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I love that book. And so they think because he's, they've finished filming Sharp Objects, which will be, you know, a limited series thing on HBO. He will be too busy with post production to take the helm of Big Little Lies. And David E. Kelly said that they're working on the scheduling to get everyone back together so he will write season two oh my gosh even if Lord, Ali won't be back this is very exciting yeah so it'll be curious to see who will end up uh you know directing it and are we on board yes yes we, we are 100 yes, and you know it left it kind of on a cliffhanger which is totally. how the book ends but you're like we do want to know more about these right. women okay so the attorney lisa bloom was on the view today and she is very well known, Gloria Allred's daughter. She's represented many, many women in yes. sexual harassment about Bill Cosby and like for 30 years. So yeah. we were so shocked when it came out in the New York, the New Yorker story by Ronan Farrow that Lisa Bloom was going to be Harvey Weinstein's attorney of right. record to, you know, yeah. defend him against mm-hmm. these allegations, which they knew were going to be printed in the New York Times and the New Yorker. So, uh, Sunny Hostin took over the interview because she's, she's a an lawyer. Attorney. Yeah. Right, right. So, let's play the first okay. cut, Donnie. I was surprised when you decided to represent Harvey Weinstein. Tell us why. Well, that is the question a lot of people are asking. Yeah. And I have to preface it by saying that I have to abide by the law, which requires me to keep client confidences even when it's a former client. Mm-hmm. And I also am not allowed to do anything that could undermine a former client's current legal matters. Yes. But I think I can talk about some things that are in the public record. And when I was representing him as an advisor, the allegations were about words. They were It was verbal conduct. Mm-hmm. That was the initial New York Times story. Yes. And as he said in his public statement, and I said in mine, my job was to educate him about sexual harassment laws, about the power imbalance, about what is appropriate and not appropriate in the workplace, including his tone, his known for having a very angry, uh, belligerent tone. Uh, Listen, I have been on the outside throwing stones for 31 years and many high profile cases. And I've often thought, you know, gee, if I could just get in the room with this guy and straighten him out, if I could talk to him directly. And I thought, wow, I actually have the opportunity now to do that. I was invited to do that. And what I wanted him to do was change the response 
that when this story came out, apologize for what you did, acknowledge the wrongdoing, don't go after the women. And that is what he did. I did accomplish that. And you know, my client Wendy Walsh said, God, I wish Bill O'Reilly had just done that for me. I wouldn't have had to go through that whole ordeal. Or yeah, my okay. client Jill Hart said, I wish Donald Trump would have done that instead of calling me a liar. It would have mm -hmm. changed everything. But right they, after that, of course, the allegations got a lot more serious. Yeah. Okay. okay, I'm side-eyeing that I whole know explanation. Yeah, me too. And when, when did he ever apologize? Yeah. He didn't. Louis C.K. did all of those things that yes. she just listed, but Harvey Weinstein didn't. And we know from Ronan Farrow's second New Yorker story that the plan, the plan was leading with his attorneys was to smear all the women. So right. I completely that 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 right. that doesn't wash no. what she says. Oh, I wanted to educate him. And I mean, she is right in that being a bully in the workplace is not against the law. You're right. It isn't. And she was going to try to help him. That hasn't happened yet. That 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 lawsuit hasn't happened. Um, I was talking to a friend who was so bullied. Oh, yeah. Well, so, so was I. I know it. So yeah. many people are so but bullied. But I got that CEO out of the company. Yes, you did. I did do that. So Cheers. it cost me $8,000 because I had to try and sue for sexual harassment, but there wasn't any of that. Right. It was, he was an equal opportunity bully. And right. that is not yet against the law. But I just, I think that that is a really lame answer that she gave. Oh, beyond. Okay. Yeah. And Joy Behar had just one eyebrow raised the whole entire time. Okay. So here, Sunny asked the next question because we had heard that she had a book. It's actually Joy who jumps is in Is it here. Joy? Oh, okay, good. Yeah. About the Trayvon Martin book that Le the attorney Lisa Bloom has that was supposedly optioned by the Weinstein Company. Yes. But we're not to that yet. That was, we're still talking about this part. Yeah. Because critics are saying uh, that you and Weinstein had a deal to turn your book into a miniseries. And right. they, they would say that you know, you, that was a conflict of interest and that maybe that's what motivated you to help him. Right. So, you know, I've been very upfront about that. Yeah. I did have the book deal. I announced it on social media. Yeah. Uh, listen, my book was about the terrible injustice of the Trayvon Martin case. It was a real passion project for me. Right. And when I was approached by the Weinstein Company and Jay-Z to do a documentary about it, yeah, I was thrilled. It's, it's not a conflict legally for an attorney to have a business deal with a client. It would be if I were a judge in the case, but we have business deals with clients, and then they tell us about legal problems, and now we have a case as well. So ethically, that's not, it's not an issue. But I think what you're saying, what people have been telling me is, Lisa, were you so excited about this that it clouded your judgment? Mm -hmm. and, and what yeah. did you say to that? And I say, yeah, I think so. so. I think I have to that really tripped you I up. Think I think I have to cop to that. You have to, and good for you, because it doesn't pass the smell test yeah, at that particular I, point. I, I, I was Joy. very excited about this project. Yeah. I, I think a lot of, listen, hundreds of people worked with him and his company, mm -hmm. and they were probably all excited about their projects, too. Oh, then she tries to diffuse it like I'm just like everybody else. Yeah, right. Because right. she when, owned it and that was good, but then but she diffuses she it. She diffuses it and also saying, okay, there might not be against the law for an attorney to do that. But as Joyce said, it doesn't pass the smell no, test. No, I love her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that she said that. And then, uh, of course, the million dollar question. Gee, why, Lisa Bloom, did you resign as an uh, uh, attorney? Why did you resign as his advisor? Okay, so first let me say I, I very much regret ever being involved in this. I'm mortified that I was connected with him in any way. Um, and all the people who have reached out to me to say, Lisa, you know, we're hurt, we're disappointed in you. Like, I, I get it. 
and I, I'm very, very sorry. And I'm uh, <laughs> I know. I, I am. As to the exact reason why I resigned, I think the confidentiality laws prohibit me from, from answering that, unfortunately. Okay. Well, let me put my lawyer hat on. Do you ever take it off? We've, I don't. <laughs> we found something here. Um, there was an email prankster that posed as Harvey Weinstein. And we have that email. So he, he, that person sends you an email. And then you wrote, the new round of far more serious allegations were not made known to me. So I could not have realized. But I am not revealing any of that publicly because that's between you and me. And when the prankster pushed you to be candid on specific reasons why you left his side, you responded, sexual assault. Can I assume that's why you, why you resigned? Um, I have to live with the confidentiality laws. I will tell you that when the sexual assault allegations came out, it was absolutely devastating to read those stories of all those women who went on the record with those stories for mm -hmm. the first time. And uh, I've represented women like that for 31 years. I still do. I know the courage that it takes. And I was just uh, shocked, okay. like any, I think like we all were. So, so, you know, she also was asked by Joy about her mom, Gloria Allred. Right. And she said, you know, have you two made up because your mom called you out on social media about how that, you know, she couldn't believe that you're, you were representing Harvey Weinstein, right. that you're her daughter, that you've been a champion of women's, women's rights. Right. And she said, well, I wish my mom had called me instead Oh, yeah. Yeah. Been publicly shaming me. And she said, but we've had other differences before and we've always made up and this won't this time it won't be any different. Okay, got it. Yeah. You know, so but they, you know, they had her in they, the they, they were really, you know, grilling her and asking her questions. And I th finally when she said I'm mortified, it, that was towards the end of the interview right. that she finally got around yeah. to saying that I think. You know, it's really done her reputation great harm. Oh, 100%, Laurie, 100%. And really regrets getting sucked in or however that happened. I think the book thing was the main Well, like she motivator. said, and that it was going to be a mini-series. And then she, she was going to have a chance to educate a bully about right. what sexual harassment was. Yeah. And, and yeah. then didn't she say, and I got him to apologize? Yeah, but she, she, she never, never, he never did. did that. He no, never we did. said that, yeah. No. She never, no. we never heard that. No. So anyway, well, listen, we got to go, Jules. All right, hon. Uh, we come back. Joy Behar and Rosie O'Donnell reunited, giving us good couch in Andy Cohen's clubhouse. One of the biggest stories. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us on this freezing Friday. FF. It is FF. Uh, I want to just uh, Kemper Cougar, Cougar when we were talking about Louis C.K. and that he confessed that his accusers were all telling the truth. Uh, she or he, I'm not sure if it's a he or she, pointed right. out that Louis C.K. doesn't really apologize. The words I'm sorry aren't said. He says he's regretful and he's remorseful, but also mentions, and I, you know, I didn't read the whole thing. Right, I read the whole thing. Four different times in his uh, note how admired he is in the business. She thought that was kind of a telling thing, mm -hmm. that he... Throughout Narcissism. The yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I'm admired. I'm admired. He did admired. say yeah. for the pain I caused you and how painful it must have been and the power position I had over you. But he doesn't say I'm sorry. I know. I know. 
But and I'm telling also, you. Also, you know, I said to myself what I did was okay, but because I never showed a woman my bleep without asking first. That is also a thing that's getting people riled up. Like that yeah. you're a grown man and you didn't know that. I was 10 the first time I got flashed by a mm-hmm. grown man. You know, took it out and waved it around and I ran home screaming to my dad. Right. I mean, I ran home screaming when I was 26 years old. Yes. I remember, you know, we the talked. The only to, good thing, the only time I ever got flashed when I laughed, collapsed. You were with someone. I was in Daytona Beach and a guy pulled up in a convertible at a red light and was getting handsy with himself. And my friend and I just collapsed laughing into each other's arms. See, I love that. That's his, the best thing to do. Because that wasn't the reaction that he wanted. Right. No. So anyway, so thank you for that. But I mean, it is, it is unusual for someone to come out and confess immediately that the allegations are true and that's because i think he knew a whole lot more were coming yep i think you're right okay so um last night in the clubhouse rosie o'donnell and joy behar i love that they were together Lori. they were together and uh it was pretty good they're giving us pretty good couch um Let's play the one. This is after the show when remember when Patty Lapone called out Madonna for oh. being a bad actress when oh. she was in the clubhouse. We played oh, it. It yes. was Anivita. It was it was the best kind of shade possible. Shade yet classy at the same time. I loved it. Okay, here we go. Since you're a fan of both of them, what did you think about Patty Lapone saying that Madonna is a movie killer and couldn't act her way out of a paper bag? She said that on this show. I saw it. You did you? Yes. For it. You know, I love Patty Lapone, and I guess it's hard if you were Evita to watch right. the other person be Evita. Right. And, you know, Broadway legends, divas, are notoriously catty. Right. So, right. I don't know. I forgive Patty Lapone because there is only one man who can lead any workers regime. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I know. She's such a Broadway. Evita. She's a... Huge fan, yeah. She's a huge, huge, huge fan. Um, and then uh, someone calls in and asks Joy Behar about Meghan McCain, who supposedly is being called Elsa from Frozen on the view behind, you know, behind is her back. Is she liking or her? Is she liking her? Because she does preface everything she says as the lone Republican or as the lone Someone conservative. Someone better tell her to stop that. Yeah. I'm sick of hearing it. I heard it again today. She did not. Yeah. Oh, I mean, no. but she's trying to loosen up. I've noticed she's smiling more. Isn't it and funny she's how not... some people are just stiffer than a board? Yeah, really stiff. So here's what Joyce says about Meghan McCain. And it's, you, how has Megan McCain uh, been? A- <laughs> how has Megan McCain been adjusting to the view? And what is the most surprising thing that you've agreed with her on? What was the first part? How's Megan how McCain adjust- adjusting on adjusting? the view? And and have you? What's the surprising thing that you? She have and I are with very her? friendly. Yeah. Uh, I like her. I think that she sticks to her guns. Uh, sh- I correct her facts some once in a while. So, does, uh, you know, we get into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, her father, you know, is a hero at the moment. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he has very high rating from the NRA, notwithstanding, right. he did. Spe- he is speaking truth yeah. to power. Yeah. And one of the only ones who is. Yep. And I, I, I respect that. I respect that she comes from that family. I like talking to her. She's a guest on this show uh, nice frequently. Kid. And I really, I like talking politics yeah. with with her she's someone who I can sit down and we can disagree and we can right. have a real conversation and it's so nice to find someone on the other side that you can do she that must be with. having a hard time right now her father has a very severe brain tumor that yes and it's hard for her so and I like that she yeah. said that that makes me feel better and she does and Rosie just reminded her don't ever shush whoopee <laughs> <laughs> don't 
ever shush whoopee. Yeah. That was Rosie's advice. To That's make very game. good advice. I was trying to think of, if, uh, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't remember. But they also brought up Ellen DeGeneres. Andy asked Rosie, do you not like Ellen or something? Because they played right. this little game. And she said, no, I, I've known Ellen for like uh, 35 years. Yeah. And she said, you know, Ellen basically... You know, I copied the Merv Griffin show for my talk show, and when my show ended, you know, Ellen came along, and she's doing a great job and seems to love it. So right. Andy was trying to do a little pot string. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she yeah. didn't let him. No, she didn't do it. Okay, now, good. this is interesting. Rosie Bean asked about Whitney Houston. I uh, thought your interview in the New York Times, you were quoted in an article about Whitney Houston, and Mm. I thought what you had to say was so interesting. And one of the things you said was that, you know, many people behind the scenes knew that Whitney was in a relationship with uh, a woman, Robin. Yes. Did you know them? Yes. You did? Yes. And what were they like as a couple? Um, I didn't know them as a couple, per se, but I knew that they were together. And, you know, I'm friends with a lot of very athletic, older lesbian women who were in the WNBA. And that's sort of the group, all these basketball-playing women. They were, you know, so I I knew that, and I knew it for for a very long time. And everyone sort of knew it. So I thought it was very surprising when, you know, um, Clive Davis came out and said that he never discussed her being gay. And I was like, well, I don't believe that for one minute. Right. Because Clive Davis came out as being a gay man. And I think that, you know, in different things that we've read about Whitney, bisexual is the thing, the description. That she identified that as, because she, she liked both men and women. Yeah, yeah, and that Robin is somebody that she knew before she was famous. And trusted and her. And trusted her implicitly. And Bobby Brown did not like her friendship with no, her. No, he didn't. And kind of blew that up. You choose yes, one or the other. Choose one yeah, or that the other. was in that Whitney Houston yes. um, documentary we just watched on Showtime, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And also, the um, as far as, you know, Whitney and... It would have been difficult with her mom, you know, big oh, the church and Baptist know, church, African Americans, yep. and that you just cannot. Homosexual ladies a tough one there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so it was it was a good uh, it was a good version of the clubhouse. Yeah, and um, Andy is staying put. He's extended his deal through twenty twenty. He's got a great gig. He's, he really yeah, does have a great indeed. gig. He's very good, and we can't, you know, and who else would do the reunions? With those housewives? Oh, yeah. He's so good. He's he so, okay, he's so, a good pot stirrer. Okay, so didn't the um, Orange County reunion, Orange County housewife It's reunion? not over yet. Oh, they oh. just got uh, done with their trip to Iceland, which okay. they called Iceland. I okay, I love that. The whole Iceland. Iceland and whenever <laughs> they filmed it, it was, uh, must have been summer because it Did was- Did it look lovely? It was daylight, you know, like 20 oh, hours. Oh, that's the issue oh. in the summer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But they stayed at some place outside of Reykjavik. Did it look nice, Lori? Uh, I would want to stay right in yeah, Reykjavik. Like the nightlife is too much fun. But yeah. they went to a couple of the, our stores that we went to. Remember the big heads outside? Yeah. The big trolls? Yes. The elf things? So I saw stuff that you know we yeah. were also doing there. But Iceland, that's a great vacation. I know it is. And it's only... Five hours for us. Yes, it is. And you know, those ladies from LA, 14 hours. All right, we got to go. When we come back, we're going to go, we're going to take a walk down the red carpet.